This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tacova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovis.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. Oh, you got her, dude. She's down. Let's go. Dude, I just shot a deer of a lifetime. Freaking smoke team. One with nature, and if you're a believer, one with God. Definitely get your heart pumping. Boy, you are in trouble. Fall Obsession Podcast. Welcome back, guys, to another week of our Fall Obsession Podcast. Thank you guys for tuning in to another episode. I am Sam Thrash with Fall Obsession, and I'll be hosting you guys again for this week's episode. And joining me today, I'm excited to be sitting in person um, with a very good friend of mine outside of just hunting and Fall Obsession, and that is Mr. Kelly Dan Cato. Welcome to the podcast, brother. Thank you. Thank you for having me. It's our pleasure. Happy to have you on board. I know... uh, We've had some mutual friends on here recently, or I say recently in the past. It's been Absolutely. a been a spell now, but Waylon Langford, Chance Nelms, Brody Aiken, those guys have all joined us. And I think Chance has actually uh, told us that we, on the podcast, he said we need to have you on to to talk about um, this hunt that we're going to talk about here today. So, awesome. Um, yeah, I've, those are uh, good guys. I love them. Yeah, I've I've been looking forward to this conversation for a while, and I'm I'm glad we were finally able to make it happen. So yeah, me too. So I'm going to I'm going to let you kind of just introduce yourself to, for our listeners um here briefly at the beginning and uh kind of lead into the hunt that we're going to talk about here this afternoon. All right, like you said, I, I'm Kelly Cato. I'm I, I'm a firefighter and uh a lifetime hunter. Did most of my hunting was done uh in with archery. So this this was kind of a kind of a new thing, sort of. What, the hunt we're going to talk about is is a rather unique opportunity. Absolutely, uh, to, a chance in a lifetime. Yeah, a chance in a lifetime for sure. Um, and and we're talking about a Texas desert bighorn hunt yes. right here, um, which are not very common. Rare. Normally, very expensive 
from mm-hmm. my understanding to, I mean, expensive enough that I've never looked into it right. at least. So, um, but you, I believe you told me before back in 04 is when this took place, you had the opportunity to go on a hunt like this. I did. I was very fortunate. And you want me to just tell you how it came about? Yeah, that, that we'll we'll kick yeah. off the conversation and just talk about you know how this how this opportunity even happened in the first place. Yeah. you know. So so I was I was working uh, working my part time job. I was teaching paramedic school, and I came home for lunch and I had a, a missed call from Texas Parks and Wildlife um, on my answering machine. That was back before everybody carried cell phones. Not <laughs> I guess. Um, but yeah, Texas Parks and Wildlife called me. I, I believe it was uh, Mike Pittman um, with Texas Parks and Wildlife, and uh, called and just said, "Hey, I, I want to talk to you about a uh, about your hunting license." Is what he said. And I was like, "Man, what in the world could there be a problem with my hunting license?" Um, I was trying to remember when this was. I'm I'm thinking it was it was Octoberish, maybe maybe Septemberish. Well, it was obviously after you buy your hunting license, right? Right. So, uh, so the first thing I did is I called Waylon, my hunting buddy, you know, and I called him. I said, "Man, did you get a phone call about your hunting license? Because that's kind of weird, you know. Nobody ever just gets a hunting a phone call about your hunting license. It yeah. just doesn't happen, you know." And uh, and and he said, "No, that's that's weird." And I said, "Damn, I, I hope there, you know, hope there's not an issue or something, you know." Right. And uh, he said, oh, you probably won something, knowing me. <laughs> <laughs> I said, well, I doubt that. So, uh, I, and, and I told him then, I said, hey, I said, well, if I did, I guess we're going hunting. And we kind of laughed about it. You know, it was, it, was, it was just a joke. Yeah. And so I called the guy back and he said, all right. He said, are you sitting down? I said, man, I'm really a little nervous. You know, what's, what's going on? And he said, well, I just wanted to let you know that that you've been drawn for a, a Texas Bighorn tag. You, you, we're gonna give you a Texas Bighorn tag. Wow. And uh, <laughs> I'll tell you how naive I was. I said, man, I really appreciate you, but I don't have any Bighorns on my property. So, <laughs> I said, so if you'd like to give that tag to somebody who who has some big horns on their property, yeah. you know, I'm more, you know, I'm more up in, in near the Panhandle, and and uh, I I don't uh, we have some deer and pigs and turkeys and stuff, but we have, we don't have any big horns up there. <laughs> and uh, and he laughed. He said, "No, sir." He said, "This is a this is a five day guided backpack hunt." Um, and, and I was still kind of like, man, who is it? Cause you know, being a fireman, there's no telling what kind of jokes people are playing on you. Oh yeah. So still, Who's messing with me? Yeah, yeah. I still wasn't all the way like convinced, you know? And he said, uh, I said, well, exactly. How did I buy that? How did I win this? Cause I didn't buy any of those tickets that year, you know? And that's, that's what makes it even more rare is I didn't even buy a ticket for this thing, you know? So uh yeah he he said well he said this year uh in order to bring awareness to to the texas bighorn um you know cause or whatever we we we've drawn we're gonna draw two names we drew your name first and we drew another guy's name i was like okay well that all right so i, I said well how many people are in there and he said it's almost a million people in no texas. kidding that, so it's truly like a one in a million shot. 
Holy cow. Yeah. <laughs> I could not believe it. I, I mean, I'm getting chills just telling you. And uh, I was just super excited, but I was like, man, I don't know anything about Desert Bighorn. And so uh, he said, all right, well, somebody will reach out and get in touch with you. And, um, well, you need to decide. You need to decide where you want to go because they hunt uh, Elephant Mountain Wildlife Management Area and uh, the Sierra Diablo Mountain Range and Black Gap. And this year they were going to be hunting at uh, the Sierra Diablo Mountains and Black Gap. So I asked him about the differences and uh and he told me like black gap was like the four thousand foot elevation um and sierra diablo was six thousand to sixty five hundred elevation and uh he was just telling me you know i was just kind of picking his brain about what is the hunt like you know yeah and he said it's a you know it's a guided backpack hunt you'll have a, a wildlife a wildlife biologist with you the whole time to make sure that you know that that you shoot something you know that you're supposed to shoot and whatever because right. they're very very protected or whatever so um but as he got to telling me about it i just i gravitated towards the sierra diablos because he was talking about how hard the hunt was and how how there's there's more sheep in the in in black gap but there were better quality sheep in the sierra diablos yeah but they were a lot harder to hunt you know and i wanted to i wanted to get full experience of sheep hunting yeah. you know and um i decided on on the sierra diablos gotcha and so uh yeah so so i i, I called Waylon and, and they told me i could take one uh non-hunting companion yeah know? and so so I had just talked to Waylon, like, and, and told him, "Hey, well, I guess if I win, I guess we're going hunting." Yeah, you know. Um, but the guy told me, "Man, there's lots of elevation changes. It's 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 lots of switchbacks." You know, he he told me, "You know, have some good shoes or whatever, but you need to go out and start running bleachers right now." So I did. I started running bleachers. Yeah. So what did Waylon say when you called him back? He, I think he thought I was joking too, because he kind of laughed and he was like, "Whatever, man." I said, no, I'm serious. I think this is legit. And he's like, no, somebody's messing with you. I said, man, I kept shooting holes in everything, and they had an answer for everything. And, you know, I I think that this is legit. I really think it's legit. And um, I, I later found out that the that the second guy that was drawn was a Kerrville fireman. Oh, really? No yeah. kidding. So out of a million people... I don't know if we just have a whole lot of hunters who, who are firemen. You well, know, so that's, that's, probably, that's probably true, but yeah, <laughs> two firemen get to go. Yeah, yeah. So Jeremy Hughes out of Kerrville Fire Department, um, he he drew the other one and got to go to uh, Black Gap. Awesome. So, you know, and, and God has a has has a way of, you know, I think I was, I, I think he's a little older than me, and I, I was more physically fit and ready for that kind of that kind of challenge yeah but uh but he he went and had a uh, had a had a great hunt awesome all that so we kept in touch and became friends and then we got to meet like 10 years later at a uh at a at a class we were both at so oh, cool maybe longer than that maybe 15 years yeah that's awesome yeah so so you find out 
okay, this is a legit thing. Yeah. I do actually have this opportunity. You pick where you're going to go. What other kind of preparation went into getting ready for something like this? Because this is not, obviously, not something that happens often. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And I didn't, I didn't know, like... You know, obviously the kind of hunting that I that I did was was heavy, heavily wooded areas, um, bow stands, you know, archery, and, and not that you can't hunt bighorn sheep, but I was not going to waste <laughs> once in a lifetime. Oh, absolutely, yeah. Um, so, so one of the first things I, I did, I called Scott Funderberg, who who uh, who we also work with, yeah, and uh, and and he he was he was instrumental on getting me in on on the right path i called him i said hey you ever heard of bighorn sheep he said you know what i'm a member of texas bighorn society <laughs> I was like, you know of course you are of course you are of course you're a member of texas bighorn society and so uh that's a group of of people who who back, i believe the society was was created back in the 80s and um They've been, they've just been instrumental on taking the lead and protecting these and trying to reintroduce them into, into our, our state and, and kind of grow that program. A great bunch of people. Um, they get together, I think a couple times a year and have a work, a work week or work weekend, you know? And so they go down there and they make, you know, water troughs or whatever, um, you know, just fix fences or whatever they, they yeah. do but they they pour a lot of time and effort um into into that so if you get a chance look up texas bighorn society they're they're a great organization so so funderberg told me about that scott did and uh he, he couldn't believe it he said man do you know that like you have no idea the rarity of what what just happened <laughs> I was like, well, you know, it's a sheep tag. You know, I see, I go in Cabela's, I see sheep all the time. I see, yeah. you know, yeah. go in anybody's trophy room, they have a sheep. And he said, man, this is a desert bighorn sheep. And uh, I still didn't grasp it. He said, let me tell you, he said, last year they sold one tag and they sold it for $107,000. Oh, my word. For one tag. Wow. And so that's when i was kind of like hey this is a for real deal like this is legit yeah um that's when i thought you know what i don't want to waste this opportunity yeah so my free hunt cost me a lot of money (laughs) (laughs) getting ready for you (laughs) and it was great because i could tell tell my wife hey it's cheaper than a hundred and seven thousand dollars if i can keep it down low so yeah, you know, new, new, new boots, and you know, because that was a big thing. He said, "Do you want Vibram soles?" He said, "You're gonna be putting lots of miles on." Yeah. Um. And and so, like I said, we went out. We we ran stairs, and and we were ready for the the grueling part of it. Yeah. Um, and then all the shopping and stuff. And we called we called Bighorn Society. We called uh, evidently here in Denton. There's a guy, Tommy Carruthers, I think is his name. I think he's he's a big uh, sheep hunter, and he kind of told me some stuff about him. And, you know, so um, did a lot of research. And, I, and, you know, it's been a long time now. It's been since, since 2004 since I was, like, actively researching it. Mm-hmm. But it seems like my sheep, my ram that I shot was, like, the 20-something. There had been 20 rams legally taken in the state of texas since the 60s oh wow yeah that's crazy 
yeah so we got ready we we you know we're in communication with them and 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 they said all right this is gonna this is gonna take place in november uh november 2004 and and so we didn't have a whole lot of time to get ready <laughs> but um yeah i read everything i could get my hands on and whatever and i still did not appreciate the the I still didn't appreciate the difficulty of sheep hunting. Right. I could not believe it. So that that's how I found out and, and kind of the preparation part of it. Gotcha. Well, very cool. So, so you get you get prepared, you get Waylon to go with you. Mm-hmm. And I, I'm sitting here in front of the table with us. You, you have a lot of just uh, note, like actual handwritten notes and a lot of cool stuff from from this hunt from this memory um which is really awesome i don't think i've ever seen anybody have notes like this for for a trip and i, I guess you mentioned that waylon was was scribing for you basically um yeah, throughout yeah. the course and we were, we were reading some of these earlier and they're, they're pretty entertaining so. <laughs> so, yeah so so uh when when we were getting ready for this this podcast i was looking for the tag because i wanted to show you the tag because it's 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 a unique tag yeah and uh, and so I was going through, and I found a folder that I had even forgotten that I had, and and it and it had some of his notes in it, and it has uh, the uh, the piece of paper that I was taking notes on the day that they called me and told me that uh, that that I had won the uh, won the ticket, and um, so yeah, it just kind of talks about you know what I need what I'd need to bring. Um, uh, I, I, they told me I, I needed to bring a, a 270 at least, a flat shooting rifle, probably going to be around 200 yards, 200, 200 to 250 yards shot. Uh, there's just you know bed rolls, desert camo. If and then there's a note on here that says if you if uh, if you wound an animal, the hunt is over! Exclamation point! Exclamation point! So. Pretty important there. We're, yeah. we're not interested in wounded animals. Exactly. There. Yeah. They they did not want to play that game. So and I wasn't I wasn't intended on that anyway. But yeah. So and then and then uh, <laughs> Waylon was my scribe here. <laughs> he took some funny notes. Just uh, he he was he was time date stamping everything and and telling us when we stopped for gas and how much gas was and um where we ate and where we stayed and all of that stuff so you can uh you can give us a couple of those more more entertaining ones just to give folks an idea on <laughs> on what he's writing down here all right. so, so we're gonna depart on tuesday november 16th at 2000 uh 2004 at 8 30 a.m the guide calls and says the delay the hunt is delayed because of a stuck 18 wheeler in the road to camp now, the, now the road to camp was when you left the pavement. It was a three-hour drive. Wow! When you left the pavement, so when I first when I read this, I was like, "That's kind of odd," you know. We're we're all the way in the Dallas Fort Worth metroplex, and we've got to drive. You know, the hunt's not till tomorrow. Yeah, <laughs> they got time to get a truck unstuck. So that was at eight thirty, and then at nine thirty. He says, we're going anyway. We told the guy to have the truck unstuck by the time we got there. <laughs> we're coming anyway. So, uh, 
But uh, I, I guess we had to stop at the fire station too so we could get our hepatitis shots. I don't think we needed that for the for the hunt. I think that was just <laughs> some some unrelated. Yeah. <laughs> Wrote it down anyway. You know, I mean, we were very prepared for this hunt. You don't know if you're gonna get hepatitis out of sheep hunting or not. Hepatitis so. is strong out there with it's... them desert bighorns. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, so we're gonna get us a hepatitis shot that morning. So oh yeah, he. he uh, he, he did a great job of of, uh, of of documenting for the first day, just just for the first drive down there. We drove um, 518 miles, I guess, because that's what that's what he's got written down. Ended up staying at the Best Western for $62 a night, and lights out by 9 p.m. <laughs> <laughs> rest up, get ready. That's right, that's right. So, <laughs> good times. Yeah, for sure. That's awesome. Yeah, so so we yeah we pulled into uh, we we pulled into Van Horn. That's where we that's where we met up. You know, got a hotel and got a good night's sleep. You know what what little sleep we could get because we were so excited. You oh know, yeah, we'd been we'd been ready for this and um, and it was great. Uh, we got up that morning and uh, had some breakfast and it was kind of drizzling outside and 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 you know just kind of cold and whatnot but uh but not too bad and um our guide uh his name was justin foster and, and he showed up to the hotel and introduced himself and um you know made sure we had all of you know everything that we needed or whatever and um and then we headed out like at eleven thirty the next morning awesome headed out to uh to the bean ranch that's uh the people who let us hunt on their property was uh it was the bean ranch so so get getting into it like because at this point we're we're out there you know we're y'all are ready to hunt yeah so let's let's dive in and and talk about how this hunt went all right so so whenever we we were driving out there it was it was gorgeous and and this is an important part of the story too is is i was snapping pictures and i I found these pictures to, to show you this is the this is the road going out there. It's a long, long drive, dirt roads, just wow. um, rocky, rough, just rough country. So, abs- so three hours on the on this road. On that road, three wow. hours on a on a gravel road with. It wasn't a real nice gravel road. But uh, but I was snapping pictures. You know, we had had a digital camera and and was and was snapping pictures and uh, of everything I could get a hold of. Um, just just of, of cactus and and mountains and hills and everything was just so beautiful out there. I just couldn't believe it. So, taking pictures of everything. We pull up to the camp. The camp house is is located um, on the Bean Ranch, in, way out in the middle of nowhere, obviously. Um, and there's some Texas Parks and Wildlife guys there already. And there's turkeys. And I'm taking pictures of the turkeys because, you know, they're wild turkeys. And we're right here. And, oh, my gosh, I'm taking all these pictures of these turkeys. <laughs> and I'm trying to be real quiet and have everybody else be quiet because, you know, it's not every day you can get that close to turkeys. And then I found out that those turkeys were not as wild as I thought. They just came <laughs> right up to us and, and sat on the picnic table with us. And sometimes we had to shoo them out of the out of the bunkhouse and <laughs> so, i've got a lot of pictures of turkeys that that uh, that i probably didn't need to take <laughs> <laughs> so, 
So uh, that that day we we pulled up and um, we we unloaded, and um, it was just a big one room, um, uh, just a metal building, you know, bunkhouse had a kitchenette in there and a bathroom and whatnot, and um, you know we we all we would all sleep in there at, at the end of the day and come back there and um, have a fire and and uh, whatever talk about what we saw. Um, so that first day we we got out there. You know, in the afternoon, um, they were very. They they did their due diligence to make sure that that I was ready. You mm-hmm. know, they they went through my stuff and you know, do you have this? Do you have this? Whatever. Let me let me see what kind of boots you got. Let me see. You know, whatever. Yeah. They took me out to a range, made sure that I could shoot. Um, another <laughs> another funny thing is, as I told you, I did most of my hunting with with archery equipment at the time, so. Um, I wasn't really sure what kind of gun to take and you know he told me a 270 would be good and I talked to Scott Funderberg and, and he had a, a a 7 7 millimeter mag that was mm-hmm. um that was dialed in and he said man this is what you need so so I borrowed Scott Funderberg's <laughs> gun to go cuz I couldn't talk my wife out of that on the $107,000 that I was saving her yeah I couldn't talk her out of a new rifle so mm. So I borrowed I borrowed a gun, which is really embarrassing. But um, you know, I was I was glad Scott was there for me. Hey, bow hunters got to do what you got to do. You got to do. Know, what so. We do. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So so I, I borrowed his rifle and went out there and, and shot and uh, and I had I had spent some time behind that scope in preparation to make sure that you know I was being responsible or whatever. And, yeah. Um, shot shot a few times. I think three or four times, and they were they were spot on and they so they they knew that I, I could shoot and, and they weren't really worried about it so we did that that night and then we uh we had a class we had to take a class uh, on this is this is what the difference between a ram and a u um like what they look like this is the full curl and kind of how to how to age them mm-hmm. and that they, they really went through the paces texas parks and wildlife did a great job um uh, Clay Brewer and Mike Pittman and and Justin Foster and uh, I don't remember the other guys, but um, they they did a great job of of going through the the class because you know given an opportunity like this, you don't want to mess it up. Oh yeah, absolutely. And so we had, we took the class and took the test or whatever, and you know went through the went through the sets and reps of of identifying sheep and whatnot and, and uh that evening we we walked over to the edge of one of the canyons and just kind of sat and, and spotted and saw a bunch of uh mule deer and whatnot that was really cool um and uh got to bed kind of early because we were we we're gonna hit it bright and early the next morning yeah so in this bunk room in this bunkhouse it was it was rows of bunk beds right so Everybody slept on a bottom bunk, and their top bunk was like just for storage, where you would put your stuff. So, we'll we'll, we'll get to that. Yeah, we, we've had a story about that bunk room on here before, so I'm sure that'll come up here here in a little bit. So, yeah. <laughs> yes, yes. So, we uh, we 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 had a great dinner, um, and and got to bed early, and we got up early and and we we hit the road and 
so so what it was was I had it was Waylon and I, and uh, and they had told us, hey, look, there's bears, and there's mountain lions, so be on the lookout for that. Yeah, kind of stuff. Also, that we um, at one point we saw elk, like real close. You know, I wasn't expecting to see that down there, but uh, saw elk down there. Um, you know, they they had. We had some hunters with us, some, some guys that were contracted by Texas Parks and Wildlife to, to hunt predators. They were predator hunters. Mm-hmm. And they had hunt, hunted that area a lot. I believe they worked for Texas Parks and Wildlife um, as predator control people. Gotcha. Um, and so they were, they were some spotters for us. Um, and, then, and then Justin Foster went with Waylon and I. And, uh, man, we just we dropped off on one of those canyons. And we just we just hiked our asses off up and down, up and down. So where where we went, it's called Victoria Canyon, um, in the Sierra Diablo Mountain Range, and it's a it's a historic site, in, in as far as in Texas because that's the last place that there was an Indian battle in Texas. Oh wow, that's awesome. Yeah, and so um, lots of canyons, hills, valleys, um, obviously the mountain range. Um, but there was lots of, lots of, uh, caves and stuff. So evidently Victorio, the, the Apache that was running from the Cal- Calvary, he would use those, those valleys and stuff to run and hide or whatever. And, and, uh, lived in the, in the caves and whatnot while they were eluding the, the Calvary. Um, and so Justin Foster was the wildlife biologist in charge of that wildlife management area so um he knew he knew a lot of that where those caves were and whatnot and it was it was really cool because he spent a lot of time out there yeah and so you know he would sleep in those caves or he had supplies stashed at different in different caves you know in case of an emergency while he was out there by himself and that was a really cool thing to see yeah you you almost get a a history lesson for one while you're out there but two and i mean i can't speak to that environment specifically but other places i've been for sure you you learn the history about a place and you're there at the yeah. same time and it, it's it's almost like you step back in time it, you know it truly was it was like a it was like a spiritual thing yeah like it was truly you know it, it was very it was, it was very neat yeah very cool wow and you could see like the black walls where they had built their fires, you know, and the smoke had discolored the inside of the cave or whatever. And then uh, in several of the caves, they had pictographs yeah. on. And uh, and that was really neat. You could see they had like pictures of, of bighorn sheep. They had like a, a U. I don't think I saw like a big full curl ram. But uh, but they they would have pictures of the U's, you know, yeah. like little stick figure things with. It looked just like a U though. It was yeah. pretty cool. Huh. Um. So we got to take pictures of that, um. Which was really cool because after, I uh, after I killed my ram, and got it, got it back from the taxidermist, Waylon took it and uh, went back and looked at some pictures of the pictographs and uh thank goodness we had some of those yeah and um he recreated the 
inside that he, he made the back of my mount look like the caves the same color texture and all that and then drew drew the picture graphs on there that is awesome so now every time i look at that thing i, I can i can just be there again yeah you know that that's really cool yeah it was he's an artist like that yeah so. absolutely and it, well, we'll get to that. We'll get to that later. Yeah. I'll, I'll, we'll, we'll keep going. I'll, I'll, yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't want to jump ahead of myself. So, <laughs> so like I said, it was a five-day guided backpack hunt, right? So we we were going up and down some of this some of this kind of just treacherous, treacherous uh, mountains and wow. Um, the Indians had we, we we walked on the same switchbacks that the that the Indians had gone up and down, you know. Trails that have been there for hundreds of years. Yeah, yeah, they were some walking, walking sons of guns. I tell you, um, we put a lot of miles on them. Those bleachers, they helped, but they did not. Didn't they do didn't it justice. Fully, fully prepare you for what was about. To yeah. And so, uh, so we hunted, and you know, some one of the cool things. Whenever I first saw my first ram, we were we were spotting. And 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 the guide saw one. He's like, "Okay, there they are." And I, I looked through the spotting scope, and I don't know. Like, seemed like they were miles over there. Really, they were like a very very long long way. <laughs> and all you could see was little white butts where they were walking up the, walking up the mountain. Yeah. And, uh, I was so surprised because he was like whispering, right? And I'm like, those things are like. I wish I could remember how far they were, but it was truly like a mile or yeah. something. It was a very long, long ways. And we would move, and the rocks would... And I swear they'd stop and turn around and look right at you. And I'm like, how are you going to shoot one of these? How people shoot them with archery equipment? Yeah. I don't even know. Crazy. Yeah. They are so hypersensitive. They're They're way harder to hunt than deer. Way harder to hunt than elk. Wait, they are their their senses are wicked crazy. Wow, and we couldn't make any noise, or they would they would see us and just keep walking. They were they were very safe from us <laughs> for a while. They had the full advantage. Yeah. Yes, they did. They had full advantage, and you know you can't walk in there. Everything out there is trying to poke you or kill you, kill you, <laughs> yeah. fall down or something. Which I was just loving it, you know. And the uh, the guide actually uh, he he got dehydrated while we were out there. Oh no! The kidding. first day, and got really bad Charlie horses and cramps and stuff, and was like laying on the ground. And you know, I was not planning on. <laughs> I didn't have any IVs or anything. <laughs> you know, we, I just stretched him out and you know just tried to keep him full of water. And and this cat was he was super in shape. He he knew the country. He but it was just it was just a grueling it was a grueling hunt but i, I had told him i wanted to feel every bit of it yeah know, like let's do this like this is once in a lifetime truly oh yeah and i want to remember every stone i step on <laughs> <You know? laughs> yeah. I mean, I was, and uh so he 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 did it but it was great because he hey what's up guys i hope you guys have been enjoying this podcast episode with kelly so far about his Texas Bighorn hunt really truly was in my opinion one of the best discussions I've had on this podcast Um, our conversation went on actually for well over an hour 
and when we were in the editing room on this one we decided that we wanted to split it into two separate episodes so this is the conclusion of part one of our texas bighorn series here on fall obsession podcast i encourage you guys to tune in again next monday morning um, as we will talk with kelly for the second half of this conversation and guys the second half is even better than the first half so i truly encourage you guys to hit that follow and subscribe button and be sure that you catch next week's podcast episode part two of our texas bighorn uh, series and if you guys haven't done it before hit that follow and subscribe button so that you do get notified we do publish um, new podcast episodes every single monday morning we don't want you guys to miss it because we got a lot of awesome content like this um, continuing to come your way Make sure you follow us on social media, follow Obsession on Facebook, Instagram, YouTube. Uh, be sure you subscribe to our channel. We got uh, weekly videos, several times a week we're trying to post videos right now, whether it's gear reviews, um, hunting tactics, turkey hunting right now, with it being spring, all, all sorts of cool stuff coming your way with that. Go to our website, fallobsession.com. That's where the hub for all our content. You guys can find our um videos our reviews wild game recipes uh everything that we got our apparels on there you guys can shop fall obsession gear we do have a turkey call online right now that um is actually marked down right now for sale but you guys can probably still get it before turkey season's over in certain areas so um be sure you go check that out t-shirts are 10 bucks right now trying to make room for some fall apparel lines so go pick you up a, a fall obsession tea and uh if you haven't gone to fallobsession.com slash podcast, you can go there. That is not only where all of our episodes are listed, um, but there's also a form on there that you guys can fill out and provide feedback on our podcast. We'd love to hear what you guys think. If you have any topic or guest suggestions, you can throw them out there. And uh, if you have a question you'd like us to address in a future episode, you can send it to us there as well. So appreciate you guys tuning in. And again, make sure you don't miss next Monday's episode, part two of our Texas Bighorn podcast series. We'll catch you guys then.